Hey, what's going on? And welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour, uh, a weekly show where we talk to some really, really interesting people. And um, this week, we have one of those. Um, not only is this guy interesting, he's a legend and he's Canadian royalty. Um, I, you know, I'm a guy who grew up in Montreal and uh, grew up in the country of Canada. And I'll tell you, um, speaking of this man's name, uh, is it, never done in a um, in a light way. This guy is a heavyweight when it comes to rock and roll globally, but he just happens to come from Canada. And of course, I'm talking about Alex Lifeson of the band Rush and his new project called Envy of None. Um, this album is phenomenal. Uh, it, it is completely different from what you expect from Rush, but it's kind of in line with what you would expect from Alex Lifeson. Um, you know, this is his not his first foray into uh, the solo world, but this is definitely feels like a new band more than his last album, which was a solo project where he enlisted singers. This feels like he's part of a new band. So really excited to uh, let you guys hear today's chat with Alex and to unwrap um, what's been going on in his life. But before we go any further, we got a couple of things that we need to do. First of all, we need to thank Heartbeat Hot Sauce, who are our title sponsors for the Rockman Power Hour. I am holding up the uh, Pineapple habanero which i've been enjoying quite a bit and i know my co-host ryan stick is a big fan of the heartbeat hot sauce as well are you not right oh you're like getting right into it look at you <laughs> what do you i i really hope you're not doing that with a very <laughs> spicy one was that a milder one jason uh, i i gotta be honest with you i thought i was grabbing the dill pickle but i uh grabbed the jalapeno one instead Oof. so yeah. just to say everybody considering first of all i feel alive <laughs> I, I, I just drank a full thing of coffee and that was more effective so people in the morning before you start your day may i suggest heartbeat hot sauce directly in your mouth before you go and on your next adventure <laughs> uh just just let you know too with heartbeat hot sauce what's great is uh this is a, a six pack that they'll you can get from them and uh, you can choose the ones that you want you can mix and match and uh they will deliver this right to your door uh great company out of Thunder Bay, Ontario, which we love. So check them out at heartbeathotsauce.com. Um, all the information is right over here. And uh, you can find that obviously um, in um, the description in the video if you're watching it. So Ryan, Alex mm -hmm. Lifeson, Rush. Now, you know, growing up in Canada, um, Rush, it's like, it's kind of like hockey. It's kind of like maple syrup. Um, it's kind of like healthcare. It's just part of the fabric of our country. So um, it, it was a real, real treat to talk to Alex Lifeson today. I mean, I, I, I met him before very briefly at a meet and greet, like a nerdy fan. And, um, and it was something else, man, but he's just got this smile, you know, he's got this smile. And, and I recall that I went with my buddy, Mike, uh, Mikey, and um, we went to this meet and greet on the last tour that they did uh, in Montreal. And uh, unfortunately at you know, Neil Peart didn't do meet and greet. So it was always Alex and Getty. And I have this great picture of myself and Alex and, uh, and Getty and, and Alex just has the nicest smile on his face. And it was so nice. Cause you know, you could tell that he knew people were meeting him. Um, he knew people were, were doing these photos and he wanted them to be nice keepsakes for them. So he didn't have like, you know, a pudding face on, he was really, really smiley. And, um, the other thing I like about, um, Alex Lifeson is, um, and about Rush is that when they would do these meet and greets, they donated all the money to charity. So I thought that was really, really cool. Man, just when I thought Rush couldn't impress me enough with their musicianship, they have to have big hearts too. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, um, I, obviously everybody knows, um, you know, Rush 
unfortunately are are no longer touring and uh and the, you know the question of where the band is going to be is 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 pretty much up in the air but um we, they have definitely left an incredible body of music and uh it's just mind-boggling when you think of the the effect that they have had on popular culture the effect that they've had on music uh, you know we just recently lost taylor hawkins from the foo fighters and taylor was the biggest rush fan the biggest rush fan um and you know it just shows you that every rock star that's you know that's come out in the last 30 years or so maybe even 40 have had um, you know, some kind of a connection to Rush in one way or another, whether it be an artist that they looked up to, whether it be a direct love of the band, um, they've been affected by Rush, whether they know it or not. Um, and that's not an easy thing to, to, you know, to, to a label to put on a band and, but you can put that on Rush easily. You know, they're just, they're pioneers. They really, really truly are. So to talk to Alex Lifeson today was an absolute thrill. Um, he's got a brand new project called Envy of None that is coming out on April 8th. And I'm really, really excited to present our chat with Alex Lifeson of Rush and Envy of None. What have you got there? Robots? And- no, I'm into Ron English, who's a pop artist. He's a pop culture artist. He does a lot oh. of street art. He's They call him the godfather of street art. So um, he kind of influenced Banksy and and Shepard oh, Fairey and stuff. So yeah, so he's got some goofy stuff back there that I love. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Um, of course. It, it's always a pleasure to uh, to talk to somebody from um, not only from a band that I've uh, that I've loved for a long, long time, but from someone who continues to push the boundaries. Um, I got through two and a half listens of uh, Envy of None today, and I I loved it. I have to oh, be really, thank you. really honest. Um, I'm someone who you know I'm 51, so I the 90s for me were very, 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 very important decade. Um, right. And what I loved about the 90s, there were no rules. Like you just saw styles mashing and crashing into each other and forming these beautiful yeah. creations. And when I put on the record, I had that vibe that I was in a, in a bit of a, um, a time machine and I went back to the 90s. Yeah. Was that, was that intentional or is that just what happened? That's just what happened. Um, you know, it was a long process. We started about uh, five or six years ago. Andy got in touch with me and I'd known Andy for years through uh, Coney Hatch and we were label mates for a while and he worked our office for about a dozen years. Uh, and uh, when Rush had finished the last tour in 2015, Andy reached out and and he told me that he had some just bits and pieces of ideas and he uh, asked if I would, you know, put some guitars on just so that he had a reference. So very casually, I threw a bunch of guitars and some, you know, other ideas on the stuff that he had. And we didn't really do much, you know, just kind of sat there. Sometime later, he, he met up with uh, Maya. We originally had another vocalist, uh, another female vocalist, but he met up with Maya uh, in a contest she she'd won this contest and he was one of the judges okay and in their conversation she, he uh, she said let's write together so she came in i heard her voice i thought there was so much potential there and then we started getting serious really in the last year and started doing a lot of the recording this past year and writing so it's a it was a very organic thing it does it definitely has some of those colors i think from that yeah. era yeah for sure uh, and I think that era is dear to Andy's heart as well. And that's sort of where he came from. Yeah. And I just loved working on the material. It was real, uh, real experimental exploration for me uh, in how to treat the guitar in a different way. 
Well, that's it. You know, when I listen to that record, sometimes I forget that there's guitar on it. And that's a good thing, I guess. Absolutely. That was my intention. Certainly, the stuff that Alf did was great. I didn't want to replace anything. I didn't want to be the guitarist sure. in, in this outfit. Uh, I wanted to, like I just said, explore areas where I can make the guitar not sound like a guitar, but yeah. not sound like a keyboard or a synth. So it was really a lot of fun doing backward stuff and really manipulating through plugins and different effects, the guitar sound. And uh, there are some songs like Dumb, for example, that's loaded with guitar, but yeah. it doesn't sound like guitar no. in no. very much of it at all. Um, it's funny because, you know, Victor and, and this are so different and, you know, a lot of people are, you know, they love to put things in boxes. So they'll say, okay, they'll, that, sure. that's one solo record. Here's another solo record. But to yeah. me, Victor sounded like a project that you enlisted people with. This sounds like you're in a new band. Well, yeah, you're exactly right. And that's exactly what I did with, with Victor, you know, and, and I like to make people feel, feel inclusive. So Victor became sort of a band, but it never really was. And it's the same thing with Envy of None. We're four independent writers that came together to make this record and very organically. There were no yeah. expectations or demands or anything. We just worked, we shared files and the, the, the pyramid of evolution of these songs was, uh, was done that way. And uh, we were never in a room together recording. And that's fine because no one really does that very much anymore anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And with the pandemic and all those other things, you know, it was um, the only way we could work. And it was, but it was a very, very good working relationship. And I got very close with Maya. I, I was really inspired by a lot of her uh, vocal arrangements. She's really, really she's, something else. She's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Her vocals just sits on top of this. Oh, uh, I don't know how, how to describe it. Sometimes it's industrial. Sometimes it's pop. Sometimes yeah. it's Euro pop. Yeah. Sometimes it's country. And it's it's amazing how she just transports the music by her character, her vocal character and lyrics. Um, I'm somebody who loves. Um, I love soundtrack music. Uh, mm. I'm a big soundtrack guy. You know, John, I, I love. Um, I, I really really like. Um, John Carpenter, you know, just, and, and the way he came about writing soundtrack I mean, he had no money, so he had to do it, <laughs> but you know, some of the stuff's iconic, but when I listened again, you know, I, I don't like to pigeonhole, but I mean, I had a nineties vibe, but then sometimes I was, you know, I was in Blade Runner, you know, it was, it was, it was just really, really cool. Um, do you find sometimes when you sit down with people that you haven't written with, um, and obviously I guess this happens all the time when you get in a room with different people, but when you write with a project like this and then things start to shape, do you ever say to yourself like, wow, I never knew we had that in us or you never knew you had that in you? Uh, that's actually a great question. I, I know I have that in me. Right. Uh, for me, this project was very liberating. I, um, you know, I've been, it, it was a difficult, uh, it was difficult to accept that the band was over, even yeah. though it was 41 years. And there's there's no shame in ending it after that period of time. And Neil no. didn't feel he could play 100%. It was just getting too difficult to play this kind of music for three hours a night. Yeah. So it, it it is what it is. That was the end. And then within a year, we found out he was sick. And so it was quite a turbulent period. Yeah. Um, but I have all this music in me i i i think i'm more 
a songwriter than a guitarist. And I always thought of myself as a guitarist first. Right. But I'm realizing that I have so many ideas and they're all over the place. And they're more about melody and about harmony and about space and about mood and color and tone rather than just, you know, playing. Right. And that's right. why I think there's only one solo guitar solo, like a traditional guitar solo on the whole record. Cause yeah. and that was an, Think you know, Spy House was written way back in 2016, I think. So, uh, so and it's funny because sometimes a band member um, from a band that is iconic, when they do, you know, whatever situation brings them to that point where they do have to go out and create, you never know what's going to come. And and you know, a perfect example is a guy like Dave Grohl. I mean, Dave Grohl is one of the most celebrated rock stars now and for a while he was just a drummer in a band and look what yeah. happened you know so i, I yeah. just hope you continue you know to create music because you know and i know there were big gaps in between these records obviously you know victor's a little over 25 years now yeah i just hope you continue with that now that you have a bit more time maybe on your plate because you you have some great stuff in you i'm i'm excited about it i really would like to uh move into the area of soundtrack work and uh, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, Andy and I have done a couple of small things for uh, uh, Amazon, and um, we had a placement in in a in a series. You know, we're going to continue to do that sort of thing aside from this. But uh, boy, I just you know, it's very visual for me. The whole process. Yeah, yeah. And this record sounds very cinematic. There's so much great, well, so much great ambient trippy stuff going on it's very rhythmic throughout the whole record that's the thing i love most about this record mm -hmm. every track has this pulsing rhythm that's not in your face it's not like a kick drum pounding away or a beat it's subtle little movements in the guitar parts and in the keys and the way the vocal works and and delays and things like that so it's every song is constantly moving uh, well, I mean, that's trying to say that because that's what music is. But yeah, I think, but, but you know I know what, what you mean. mean. Yeah, yeah, no, there are totally. Layers and layers yeah. and layers of rhythm. I mean, I had the benefit of being able to listen to it. Um, I had my AirPods on, and and I just, I just, I really absorbed it, and I did stuff. You know, I was doing dishes, I was, I was tidying up. You know, and but I, but I love that because I really like when stuff brings me to a place. And then my wife kind of tapped me on the shoulder because she needed me to do something for the dog, and I was like, you're you came into my bubble. So <laughs> that's a good, you know, I like when albums take me on a bit of a journey and bring me somewhere. And that's what, what always was the love for me with music. You know, the first time putting on, you know, being 13, putting the headphones on for the first time and listening to dark side of the moon and on vinyl. Yeah. Just, wow. So when, a, when yeah. an album takes you to a place, that's, that's what, that's what music's about. Yeah. It should be Absolutely. at least it should be. Yeah, least. sure. Um, judging by your background and by all the stuff you have, uh, pandemic for you and being able to sit in um in a room and create and not have to go anywhere was that comfortable are you were you okay with that yeah yeah i was okay you know i i looked at the whole thing as as the situation that it is what it is and you just have to deal with it so in the beginning um like in april i guess march of 2020 we kind of locked uh, shut down here in toronto right. and after a few weeks we noticed that the sky was a lot clearer and the yeah. air was cleaner and the birds were chirping like crazy all over the place. Animals were coming back into the city, no cars, no traffic. We were stuck inside, but it was kind of nice. And we fell into a pattern. You know, we did our regular things every day. There was a lot of earlier wine drinking, you know, at lunch <laughs> instead of just at dinner. But uh, we, 
it was fine and it's it's tedious and it's uh irritating and everything but it, it is what it is and we just have we have to deal with it this was our attitude anyway right. so when i started working in the studio it was just natural that i could spend all day in here playing and fiddling around you know i get requests to do stuff on other people's records and yeah you know i have a pile of those requests that i have to go through so it's busy and it's my room and it's my sanctuary and uh and to be creative and productive is is great especially when things are kind of locked down everywhere uh is there uh, plans to have um envy of none play live you know i know we get asked that a lot and until the album comes out and we know what the response is like and what the demand is right you know it's tough enough for for established bands to go sure. out on tour of course i you know i i'm after 45 years on the road i'm not really that keen yeah to go on a tour i i don't want to really sit on a bus and go town to town and then sit on the edge of my bed with with the tv remote you know <laughs> channeling through news and uh, but I do still enjoy playing and yeah. I, although I don't play live very much anymore, occasionally I do things and it, and it is a lot of fun. I think really what we would end up doing is if there was a demand to do a tour, we would put a band together for Maya and right. take it on the road, small theater tour, kind of that, that sort of thing. Cause this music in, in that kind of setting would be awesome. I'd love to be out in the audience watching that. Yeah. And then we'll be involved and maybe we'll do a couple special nights sort of here and there andy and alf and, and me yeah. um but we would mostly have her drive the whole right well it kind of reminds me when um there's a couple of iconic concerts that were filmed from portishead those theaters mm. theater shows and and they're magical to watch so i yeah. i and, and again i i don't like to i'm not trying to just throw um you know throw labels on stuff but i really did get that vibe when i listened to the record you know some stuff like yeah. sneaker stuff like sneaker pimps stuff you know in the in, in the 90s when there were so many female fronted bands um it was it was almost like a renaissance for female singers the, the 90s so yeah. to hear it the, the project kind of brings me to that yeah yeah a lot of comparisons to garbage as well yeah yeah i Early can definitely Definitely hear that. Um, I know that you're you're um, always involved with you know with with signature models of guitars and stuff, and and you're very much into the the you know you're the kind of guy that'll go to Nam and enjoy it. <laughs> I went to Nam once, and I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, no, well, get I would me out never here. go there. <laughs> Have you been to Nam before? Never. Okay, so you're not so you don't like the idea of going to Nam. No, I would. Oh, okay, never good. I would. I, I see. I automatically would assume you would love that because of, I get asked every year, but no. So you've never gone to Nam. No. Really? Okay, but no. you are involved with with gear. I mean, you do. Sure, I am. Right. Yeah, you know, with the guitars, we I get involved. If I'm going to put my name on it, I want to be involved in it. Yeah. Uh, this whole Epiphone thing is is uh, quite successful, but we did the work with Gibson right. in 2010 before that uh, that model came out. For two years, we were we worked on developing that that particular platform and then uh epiphone just took it and made it cheaper it made it more affordable for for an entrance level player the entry level exactly so yeah i i like to be involved in that stuff but there's a limit <laughs> good all right so then when uh, so i'll bring you to comic-con instead and we'll have a better time <laughs> oh, maybe so <laughs> uh and lastly um i you know i i didn't want to talk too much about rush but i i do have to kind of bring it up because you know it is the elephant in the room sure. um you you launched a beer Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 the video of, of you and Getty was really fun. I mean, it's it was just really fun because you guys look like you're having a lot of fun with that. Is that something that you that you enjoy doing? Well, 
you know, this whole beer thing, we, I, so, I suppose we've been working on it behind the scenes for about four years. Right. Uh, and the breweries, Greg Henderson, they're wonderful people. It's a small microbrewery. They were running 24 hour shifts when our beer came out. There was such a great demand for it. Right. Getty and I have been friends since our early teens, since junior high school. Um, and not just friends, best friends. Yeah. And, and yes, brother, brothers, whatever you want to call it. We are very, very, very close. And we just laugh so much. We always have since the very first days. Yeah. When we're together, we get goofy. And so when they asked us to do these little pieces for the for the beer, we just, you know, we would just wing it. We'd they sit were, at the table and, and I try to make them laugh. And, and they're they're fun. They're they're very kind of approachable and you know just <laughs> it's just kind of goofy which I, most people are right yeah i think i liked when, when you said you know i like to have beer two or three four a day <laughs> yeah not much yeah, i'm, not really a I'm expecting like i'm not really a beer drinker i like to have one i'm thinking he's gonna say one a week one a month one two three a day <laughs> um thank you so much for taking the time i appreciate it we're gonna uh, we're gonna oh, be my, chatting again tomorrow really for my heart yeah, yeah no really for sure yeah. And I'm going to, uh, tomorrow we're going to be talking for iHeart. So it'll be a bit different. I'm really going to focus on the records and, and I'm really glad Maya is going to be joining with us. Cause I'd like to yeah. give her her flowers. Cause she's wonderful. She really, she's amazing. Good. She's yeah, really I'm good. 25 I mean, years old and beyond her years. So that's why you're, you're going to have to get on a bus and sit on the edge of the bed a bit more. Let, her, go, let her have some shows. Come on. I might have to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, th- thanks for taking the time. And uh, I'll, My pleasure. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Alrighty. See ya. Okay, thanks man. Bye. Is that what you were doing the whole time? <laughs> that interview tasted almost as good as this hot sauce <laughs> bottle I'm drinking raw. Um, seriously, though, you know what's amazing? Uh, you were mentioning a smile, and that's one thing I took away from editing this interview is that I'm like, oh, my God, that smile lights up a room. He makes me yeah. feel like Christmas. Yes. But also, it's like, you know, you're looking at Rush. You have two huge in their field like uh, one of the biggest drummers of all time one of the biggest mm-hmm. bass players singers of all time yeah and alex could easily be the other guy from rush but he's an amazing guitar player yeah. you know what i mean like oh in, yeah and every, yeah, 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 everyone yeah. that knows rush appreciates every single part of rush and uh i always thought alex was kind of like he stood out to me the most because he was on trailer park boys. I didn't see no Getty Lee and Neil Peart on trailer <laughs> acting with trailer park boys and stuff. So, yeah. uh, you know, big, big amount of respect for Alex Lyson. I, I thought he was amazing and it's such a great contrast to Ricky's bullshit on trailer park boys. Yeah. 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 No, he was great on that. And, and, uh, you know, I, I just, it was really, really fun to chat with him and I, and I just find he's very kind um, he's patient, you know, and he, um, and he genuinely is, is still curious about music. And the, the envy of none record is, is, um, it's really good, Ryan. It's eclectic. Um, the singer that they got Maya is just phenomenal. Like she's just such a good singer. And it just reminds me of like the nineties and, and nineties music when, you know, we had this electronic kind of vibey, moody music with females, um, you know, female fronted bands that, that just gave it just this beautiful push pull dynamic um, of, you know, of, of aggression, but a bit of beauty. And it's just, mm. it's, it's, it's really good. And I, and I hope people uh, give this, uh, you know, give this the time of day because a lot of the times when, you know, an artist like this will put out a project, you know, you'll have the diehards that'll get it because it's, it's Alex. Right. 
and you'll get the people that'll say, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll, it's, it's something that Alex did, so I've got to have it, you know, but mm. this really stands on its own as, as its own band. And one of the things I like about this record, Ryan, is the, um, is the fact that Alex Lifeson is experimenting with sounds, you know, yes, he is playing guitar on this album, but a lot of the times on this record, it doesn't sound like a guitar. And that's, what's great about it. It's still pushing the boundaries and it's being innovative. And, um, and, and you gotta, you gotta appreciate that. And you gotta love that, um, about Alex. He's always, always, always still trying to, um, to search for new boundaries, um, and no boundaries, actually. He's just out there fucking searching. And it's 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 great. And it comes across in this new project, uh, Envy of None. I want to thank Alex Lifeson for being our guest today on the Rockman Power Hour. I'd also like to thank my co-host, Ryan Stick. Um, a big, big thanks to Heartbeat Hot Sauce for uh, sponsoring us. Check them out if you have not yet. Uh, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. They are out of Thunder Bay, Ontario. I am holding Dustin Poirier's Louisiana-style hot sauce. Yes, that Dustin Poirier, UFC legend. Um, so check them out, heartbeathotsauce.com. You can order through them and you will not be disappointed. It is phenomenal hot sauce and it's made by a small company here in Canada that are doing great things. Our thanks to uh, our producer, Julia Kajerski, and thanks to you for joining us this week. And we'll see you again next week on the Rockman Power Hour.